Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Later on that day, my homie, Dr. Dre, came through with a gang of Tanqueray and a big ended J and some bubonic chronic that made me choke. Shoot, this ain't no joke. I had to back up off it and sit my cup down. Tanqueray and chronic, yeah, I'm screwed up now. Rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice, laid back. That's right, today we're talking about weed, the sticky-icky, the chronic, Mary Jane, a blunt, a joint, a J, pot, weed, grass, reefer, stinkweed, wacky tobacco. It's not 420, more like 820, but let's lighten it up, let's light it up and get this show on the road. I cannot believe you just did that. Like, I, I even knew you were going to do that, and yet I still cannot believe you, you followed through and actually just did that. I'm really glad you did that, Tom. Although one thing I'm curious about is, is the chronic, is that actually weed? Is that what that means? Yeah. Yes. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. Dude. Oh, no, I grew up in oh the my God. You... Seriously, <laughs> we've had so many episodes where we've talked about 90s gangster rap and Wait. almost to the fact that we are credible. And then well, you go get... with that. Well, don't get you, me wrong. You... I love the album, The Chronic. I just Wait, had you no seriously idea. didn't know that chronic is another term for marijuana? No, no, I didn't. What did you think that Snoop and Dr. Dre were talking about in every single song? Just, well, just their album? They things. were just literally talking about the name of their album? That's all they were doing? Maybe Perhaps. that chronic back pain that they all got going on? Perhaps. Oh, you are so ridiculous. Both of you are ridiculous. Who's you to say? Who's you know what? I'm ridiculous. I know what chronic is. Yeah, but you're ridiculous for whatever you just did in that introduction. That Dude, was the epitome of ridiculous. Almost every episode, I make some ridiculous claim to doing some sort of hard drug. Listen, and you, you, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay, I guess this is a bit more tame than you doing a pile of blow. All right. right. On that note, let me give some shout outs. Uh, we are uh, we're glad. To <laughs> Off to a great start. Off to a great it's start. A great weed, weed. Hey, please, our friends. Please keep listening. Please keep listening. So, Tom and Josh's lewdness aside, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, check out our partners, uh, the Gospel Economists. Wow, it's a bad transition. Uh, I was going to say, lewd would have been last week when I was not wearing pants. Oh, well, uh, the Gospel Economist is an online publication made up of writers and bloggers that seek the story of Jesus Christ and his payment for our sin in everyday lives. Check them out at medium.com slash the-gospel-economist. And uh, our podcast is hosted there. So uh, give them a shout, look into them. They're actually in the midst of uh, getting a new domain name so we don't have to do the super long dashes, which we're real migrating. excited about. It's called migrating. Yep, it's a good thing. Okay. Uh, another thing I don't know, but, uh, anyways, so check them out, uh, find us in the usual places too: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, uh, but let's, uh, let's just go around the horn gents. What are we drinking tonight? You know, not chronic. Well, for, before we, bef certainly not chronic. 
uh, because I'm a little bit too wired and hyped up for the fact that you just jumped my opportunity to rep our Facebook page. I was supposed to say, hey, make sure to check out our Facebook page. And by the way, we have a new feature on the Pint Glass Preacher podcast, which is to text us your questions. But you know what? You just decided to do that for me and only halfway. Sorry, buddy. Are you stoned? Sorry, buddy. What are we drinking? Deep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Text us your questions. 612-208-6258. And, yes, that was a sigh of deflation. Well, All I right. will tell you what I am drinking. Thanks, because Tom. It is a beautiful night here in Minnesota. I went out and uh, and mowed my lawn, and I was looking for something refreshing. And so I am also doing some gin and juice. We are doing a gin and tonic. It's fantastic. Oh, I thought you were going nice. to say Azima. Azima, yes. <laughs> um, well, I got I got to have I got to have something to wash the brownies down, if you know what I mean. We know oh, what you mean. Here we go. I feel like these corny can you references can you know what I mean? all <laughs> night long. Yeah, they're made with a special long. ingredient, right? Yes, Love. they are made of <laughs> hey. Hey, real quick, actually, a friend of mine in high school, uh, her parents one night had like some friends over, and we were just hanging out, and she's like, hey, can you give me a ride back home? And I was like, yeah, for sure. She goes inside for two seconds and comes back, and I was like, uh, let's go do something else. Her parents threw a little party where they, let's just say, made those special brownies, and her mom and dad and a bunch of other like mid-50-year-old people were getting super stoned off some edibles. Dude, freaking California, man. Bunch of hippies. Hey, that's all we do. Can't all wait for that thing to does. break off the continent. That's right. But speaking of California, actually, and I feel like this is the third or fourth street episode in a row. I must be on like some crazy Sierra Nevada kick. But tonight, uh, I'm trying their River Ride, a rye IPA, and it's quite delicious. So thank you, Sierra Nevada, for sending me free beer for continuing to promote you on Pine Class Preachers. That's really nice. Sierra Nevada, our newest sponsor, whether they know yeah, it or not. I mean, the, you know, just a small microbrewery out in Chico, California, and they are trying to make it big in the beer industry. So they thought, hey, we'll go to the most amazing, talented podcasters we know. We really are the perfect medium for them to, to go through. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I am uh, a resident of Michigan now. As you all know, I'm done with Whole30, so I can actually start enjoying some oh, Michigan beers. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, did you did you switch your license over yet? No, I have not yet. Well, you're not a resident of Michigan, then you lied. Oh, you're that guy. Okay, cool, Josh. <laughs> uh, so, at any rate, uh, I'm enjoying a uh, a Founders <laughs> Brewing Company uh, all day IPA session ale. Delicious. Uh, nice nice thank choice. You. Thank you. Uh, based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, I, I very much enjoy this beer. I actually uh, Memorial Day was a couple days ago, and. Uh, I have a t-shirt, an all-day IPA t-shirt that I got at my friend's wedding, and uh, it's an all-day IPA t-shirt, and I wore that shirt on Memorial Day while drinking one of these. Did, did you, you drink wear it all day? And did I, you drink I, that I, all day? I did. Well, not all. I'd like two throughout the day. Uh-huh. I guess that's not uh, all day, but I can, uh, nurse a, oh, I can nurse a beer. I'm, well, anyway... We really need to get our stuff together for the rest of this episode. But before we do, let me just remind everyone to check out our Facebook page, Pine Glass Preachers, and text us your questions, 612-208-6258. And speaking of which, Texter has a question for us. Yeah, we sure do. Our, our Texter sent in this question. It begins, question, exclamation point. 
if somebody was a known drug dealer or other illegal profession and they made a significant donation to your church, would you accept the money? If somebody was a known drug dealer, yeah, we've heard you. <laughs> slinging, slinging the dopes, slinging the chronic, or or other illegal oh. profession. Don't, don't don't try to be cool with your slang there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Using words you don't know what they mean. This is, should what be no surprise know? to us, Tom. This should be no surprise to us. I do now. It um, is surprising. Though. It's very surprising. So listen, this is a good question. Um, and Josh, I feel like you've had firsthand experience with this. As a matter of fact, I have. So let me just jump right in. We, we have many drug dealers in our community. And for a while, we used to uh, cook and serve food to a bunch of kids up at a rec center. And this one drug dealer in particular, his kids went to the rec center. And one night, he was serving some corn next to me i think i don't know what we were actually feeding the kids but he was out there he was actually helping us serve food to the kids and and about a week later uh he puts the word out through a couple of different people and he gets back to me and he says hey guys and myself would like to you know support what the church is doing so we'd like to make a donation to you and at first i was like oh this is great but then when i started you know actually thinking about it i was like i don't know can we accept money from a drug dealer you know what I mean? Like on the one hand, we are always looking for support and donations just due to the nature of our ministry. But at the same time, I was somewhat conflicted at the beginning to think, all right, this money came from exploitation, you know, to a certain degree of, of residents in our community that is destructive to our community. Can I accept this money and use it for a redemptive purses, uh, purpose? Didn't I call you, Gabe, you and, and ask that very question to you? I, yeah, I remember you called me. And and I think, you know, as you're bringing it up again, I think my pushback to you would have been this. Like, that money's like, doesn't just disappear. Like, it's going to go somewhere. So would it not be better for it to go to you? Yeah, and I think so. And I think that's why I was like, okay, if a rolled-up wad of Benjamins showed up in the offering basket on Sunday morning, I don't know where it came from. Well, my my second my secondary question would be is this the primary source of income for this person? Do you know that the the money that he wanted to give uh came specifically from drugs without a or doubt? Or is or it Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this dude is is one of the, the biggest dope dealers in the community. But he's super cool. Like this is what so this is what makes it so difficult. Is like that's why he's really good at what he does. <laughs> I know, right? Because on the one hand, you're like, this is drug money, and I don't support the sell or use of illegal drugs. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he's he is genuinely supportive of of me and what the church is doing. So it's kind of like if Christ can redeem everything in the world and make all things new, then surely he can redeem drug money and use it for his purposes. Well, this this is the way I think about it. I I think about it in terms of, you know, when you have a really clear-cut example like this, it seems more cut and dry. But then when you start going down, kind of going down the line of, okay, you have someone who you know is an exotic dancer in your congregation and a bunch of ones show up in your, you know, do you take that? Do you take money from someone who uh, is known to be kind of a shady business de- dealer in town, you know, um, shady businessman. Uh, you have somebody who 
they have they have told you that they've cheated on their taxes or they you know they didn't report all their income so now some of this money that's coming to you really maybe shouldn't have been coming to you i mean you know where's the so line every so every human being yeah and, and, and that's just, the thing you just described a litany of sin i mean that's the thing i think that's why because like, god doesn't if, look if at it differently Well, yeah, I mean, I guess because he does talk to Matthew um, and other tax collectors throughout the Gospels. You know, he tells them just to take what they're owed and not to exploit well, you, their. Was it Matthew role. or Zacchaeus who said he'd go and give give everything back and pay him? Yeah, and, and he'd go Zacchaeus. back and, and repay them one and a half times. Well, where do you think all that money came from? It, it you know, it's a little bit of a Ponzi scheme, yeah. but it came back. It came That's from it, other Tom. people. That's it. It's totally allowed then. I mean, I think, right? I mean, I would say, yeah. listen, I, I would say, I would say yes, because it it also opens up an opportunity to share the gospel and continue to, you know, offer up reasons for why you would want to accept the money and to what you would use it for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like in this case, the I, I remember specifically the guy telling us, hey. I know I'm a drug dealer, and I know that's not good, but I don't want my kids to sell drugs to earn their living. And so I think on the one hand, the dude was thinking, if I give this money, maybe the church can offer a way out for my kids. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it was probably sort of like a, a self-salve of, I feel like I'm doing something good even though I don't necessarily agree with what I do. Right. But at the same time, and probably most importantly, it's like, okay, so if then I can talk to him or create a relationship or strengthen the relationship with him and eventually down the road, maybe get him to stop selling drugs, then that $1,000, whatever it actually would have been, if that would have been the linchpin, then I think that's a totally reasonable if and biblically acceptable way to redeem that money for God's purposes. So if you had someone who, I mean, this is on the, the lesser side, but if you had someone who owned a liquor store and was a member of your church and made a large donation, would you have a problem with it at all? No. I mean, our, our show's called Pint Glass Preachers. We I, just talked about beer and, you, in your case, liquor, because you're right. always liquored up. But, but the point is that someone who sells sells liquor for a living there are people who are, are alcoholics who are buying from that person and that how the, however it's not illegal which i think right, well right might be well and i mean it, see that's it, the thing and that's kind of the that's that was sort kind of, of why i went yeah. down that list of like being a stripper is not illegal you know someone who gets their all of their income from gambling whether online or illegally you know th there's gray areas there too and so this one's this one is pretty clear cut as far as what what he does and how he gets his money. Yeah, I just think it's the the context surrounding it. In you know what I mean? Like, am I taking drug money because I'm purchasing drugs, or you know, I'm selling him drugs or something, and then therefore condoning what he's doing or furthering to destroy my community? Or well, am I saying so I will accept this money, use it for a redemptive purpose? So that maybe one day I can you to see that what you're doing is actually destructive. Well, I mean, I think I think you have obviously the the responsibility to be working with this individual 
to hopefully get get him to a point where he is no longer in this in his chosen profession. I guess disclaimer, full disclaimer. He didn't actually end up giving us any money. He kind of fell through on that, which was disappointing. Are you telling me a drug dealer was unreliable? I mean, can you believe it? Can I cannot believe I cannot. it. What I can believe, though, is the fact that tonight we are talking about an illicit substance that Tom alluded chronic. to in his introduction. The chronic, as Gabe oft <laughs> likes to say. Weed, marijuana. And so Mary we're going to get into... Yeah, that's, Do you want me to go through yes. my list again? Really don't. No, we're going to go to break. Like when we come back, we're talking weed. So roll you up a J or just grab a glass of water and enjoy our conversation. We'll be right back. If you're like me, then when you were growing up, occasionally in your middle school and junior high classroom, you would be visited by a very special guest, the D.A.R.E. dog. Do you remember what D.A.R.E. stands for? D. I, I don't. won't do drugs. A won't have an attitude. R. I will respect myself. E. I will educate me now. That's actually he's, really impressive. He still didn't know that Chronic the <laughs> name of marijuana. <laughs> he knows the Dare song, but not that Chronic is weed. Well, thank you for that reminder, Gabe. Uh, clearly, you and I are very much alike. Tom, you were probably too old. That's like when you were born, people were still smoking weed as if it was like just a cigarette. Oh, weed right? wasn't even invented when I was born. <laughs> Whoa! There you go. You guys are still on that open. By the way, like, for the record, oh, there does stand real for cocaine and Coca Colas. Drug abuse resistance education. Okay. So the dare dog, he would often come visit me. Well, not me personally, but visit our classroom and talk to us about the ill effects of using illegal substances. And in his list was always marijuana. And I remember growing up, my parents, the school I went to, I mean, essentially society was telling me that weed was on par with drugs like cocaine, heroin, crack you know a, all the a large pile of blow a large pile of blow if I'm you're favorite. in the twin cities like tom is apparently that was an epidemic back in the day right after the bubonic plague when he was still alive and they would you know the, the dare dog would say like don't smoke weed you know people regularly refer to it as a gateway drug and all these other kinds of things and so i grew up and i don't know if this is the same with you guys but i grew up being influenced and taught to think that weed was this terrible substance that would destroy your life now in high school and junior high i, I knew kids who would skip class and, and they go smoke blunts i mean i dated a girl who we got in a huge fight because hold, she would hold on you said blunt gabe that is another reference to marijuana so oh, thank it's, you. A, it's a marijuana to... cigarette that you buy a cigarillo and cut it open you discard the tobacco and you put weed into it and then roll it and smoke it does that make sense it does thank you thank you guys okay me. By the way, do we need I, to have like some kind of disclaimer that we do not condone cutting open a cigarillo, 
removing the tobacco <laughs> and putting in weed. And well, actually, this isn't, this isn't important disclaimer, Josh. For the record, none of the three of us smoke weed. Yeah, that is true. I okay. can honestly admit let, I've never smoked let, weed let, in my entire let, life. Let. All right. So anyway, growing up, the dare dog hits me up and says, you're not, you know, you're not supposed to smoke weed for, so for like 20 plus years of my life, it is ingrained into me that weed is a terrible substance, something that I should avoid at all costs. It is a drug for losers. You know, it is a drug for potheads that won't do anything with their life. And then all of a sudden, just a few years ago, it becomes legal, not just medicinally, but recreationally in states like Washington and Colorado. And I think Arizona. I think Arizona, you can smoke it recreationally as well. California. Uh, California. Washington, okay, there's, there's a bunch, right? So Massachusetts, now Maine. Okay, Tom, you are so well-read on what states are recreationally okay to smoke weed. It's concerning to me. Guess where we're going on vacation this summer? hey But anyway, so now I'm faced with this crisis, and my wife and I have this conversation quite often. I don't know about you guys, where it's like, okay, so for 20-plus years, it's been ingrained into my mind that this is a bad thing. And yet now, medical you know, research has shown that it's not the gateway kind of drug. It's not a dependent sort of drug you know, that will create massive addiction like a heroin or crack or you know, PCP or anything like that. And it can actually be used for medicinal purposes. And so I'm like left with this kind of like, you know, crisis of conscience where for my entire life it's been said this is bad, but at the same time, now I'm told I can basically treat it like the beer that I'm drinking tonight. Yeah. I, so where, I mean, I don't so, know, where are we left? So I want to back off to just a little bit because I think you're absolutely right. The The research has shown it's not the gateway drug that, that everyone thought it was. Um, people who do smoke marijuana and smoke a lot of it don't necessarily turn to the next thing. Uh, in fact, that it's not proven at all. But what you do see, though, is that it is addictive in about 30% of people that, that smoke marijuana. And those it's a little bit higher if they're under the age of 18. And so Who when you look this? at 30% of people become addicted to it, and not to like crazy like they have to be smoking it all the time like what we think about when we think about heroin and crack and things like that but but it is more than other other substances 30 percent of people who drink alcohol do not become alcoholics right but i guess well, that's what that actually makes so me like we we weren't wasn't taught that like alcohol like yes alcoholism was bad but I always were seeing commercials for, you know, beer or cigarettes for that matter. And it was never, you know, spoken to to the same level or degree as weed listed among these other drugs. And so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm, I believe your statistics, but why? Well, so let me let me ask this, then, Josh. Let me interrupt you. Like, if if we could go back in time as a culture, would it would would we say let's not legalize tobacco? Let's not legalize alcohol. You mean, oh man, you see but see, tobacco is, okay, For I mean, but alcohol, you're going back to like prohibition, pre-prohibition area, you know, eras. Tobacco, I don't think, did it ever come up, a criminalization of tobacco? Well, I don't think it did, but like, let's, let's say we could have prevented it from being illegal. Would that have been appropriate? I don't know. 
I don't know, but can I say it's... that? Can I say though that when we were growing up, and I mean, obviously, this is restricted to our generation. However, what was the decade that we were receiving? You know, the Dare song, like the '90s, right? Late '80s, early '90s, and if we look at least pertinent to our discussion tonight and to who we are as pastors and Tom, the nineties was the heyday for evangelicalism and conservative Christian values in America. I'm wondering if that was the more uh, influencing factor in this kind of like criminalizing talk and description of weed. Oh, I mean, you that whole movement, you, I mean, you have everything from dancing to R-rated movies to two-year liquor and tobacco and things like that that are all frowned upon and will bring Satan into your heart immediately kind of thing, you know? And Well, I, I think that's – I think that was limited to like more holiness or Pentecostal or, you know, pietistic circles because like I didn't hear any of that. You know what I mean? Like when I was in a Lutheran church growing up and so was it – was it just the fact that we had this very conservative – I don't want to say Republican because it wasn't dominated by Republican values, but like a very conservative Christian culture during those first 20 years that I was referring to earlier? I, I don't know. I, I look at it just as – you know, cigarettes were just fine until – I mean if you watch the show Mad Men, I mean it starts with the fact that they're just finding out that holy cow – cigarettes cause cancer and are bad for you you know and to gabe's question would we would we have made it illegal if we knew all we knew about cigarettes yeah i would i would say we probably would yeah but see we started but see that's what's so funny is that's the reverse people were smoking cigarettes for like a hundred years before they were like oh this might be bad for us but weed was almost ever do you ever think about that like how stupid are we that it took us that long to figure out like, oh, inhaling smoke into my body isn't good for me? I don't know. Uh, we thought that leeches, like letting our blood for for all sorts of diseases worked, and that, that was a practice for like 300 years. So, I mean. It's because all previous generations are inherently dumber than ours. Yeah, we, we didn't have, have any mistakes. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? I see what you did. Anyway, okay, so cigarettes took a long, long time before we realized, oh, this might be bad for us. But I don't recall a time outside of like, say, I don't know, 1962 to 1978 where weed wasn't spoken pejoratively. Yeah, but that's yeah. also like the circle that you grew up in and that, I mean, all three of us really grew up in relatively conservative circles. You know, like, I, mean, like, I don't know, man. I, I, I disagree because even my friend that I referenced earlier, whose parents had like an edibles party, she was like the very people who hosted an edibles party smoke weed. So it was it was ingrained into us in these gener in, in, in I think our generation in particular that weed was a dangerous substance. It was a bad well, choice to make. Well, I mean, I, I think it does get lumped into everything. I mean, you got to remember that the 80s were the heyday of of cocaine, and we had Pablo Escobar just literally funneling it up here as fast as we could get it. And so you saw this, you saw all the, the pain and suffering coming from that. And so marijuana is an addictive substance. It gets thrown right in there with it. 
And so, well, so and it, and it, and it didn't have and it didn't have the luxury of having a large, you know, lobbyist body behind it. It just didn't. So let me let me move us on on this and ask you guys this question. Now, none of us live in states where it's legal recreationally. In, in Michigan, it is legal medicinally, uh, which I'm learning is actually, it's pretty fascinating, but more on that later. Uh, but we don't live in states where it's legal recreationally. But if you did, would you say it was okay for a Christian to, to light up some chronic? You're not going to let that go, are you? Just every time you say it, it even just sounds like you're saying it wrong. It, it really does. <laughs> I, if people could see you saying it, they would know how just truly false you so, are. How do you think we felt with your entire intro? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, let me but, say this. Let me say this. When, when the whole medical marijuana scene first started blowing up a handful of years ago, I probably would have said, no way, no how. But now, if I were living in a state where medical mar- or, or recreational marijuana was legal, would I have a problem lighting up a blunt? Probably not. Wait, no, see, that's actually different than the question yeah. I asked. Yeah, hold on. So, how is that different? I'm a Christian. No, no, yeah, no. But you're a pastor. You went to recreation. We're talking yeah. just medical right now, right? No, no we're talking thought, recreation. Yeah, we're talking recreation. Oh. A, a state where it's recreationally legal to smoke marijuana. Should Christians smoke marijuana? Well, yeah. regardless, I, I want to back. I, it up. I want to back it up to let's just talk about it in a medical sense. If if you have if I I think about the question of if someone is growing it or selling it for medicinal purposes, is that bad? What's the difference of someone who works for a pharmaceutical company and sells Vicodin, which is also extremely addictive? Let's, I think we should, I think we should actually push, I think we should push pause on that because that to me, it takes us in a completely different direction. Okay. Okay. So So let's first, let's first answer. Yes. I, I don't see how my answer was inappropriate because I'm a Christian. If anything, I should be as pastor. I should be somewhat of an epitome of, I mean, I don't want to put like, you know, that kind of facade on myself, but it's fair to say that I would consider myself a fairly devoted disciple of, of Jesus Christ. And so if I was in a state where recreational marijuana was legal, I probably would smoke it. I don't know how regularly. I don't know if it'd be a one-time thing or like grabbing a beer, you know, once a week with some friends. I don't know. But I I would say that now after four or five years removed from the kind of like inception of recreational marijuana legalization, I would say I would do it. And as long as it doesn't become – I mean, I don't know. What do you you think? What do you – I I hear you disagreeing with me. I very much so. And and I'll say this. Very that's much so. Very much so. That is so strong. That is so strong. Get ready. Oh, get ready for the heat, baby. Oh, um, boy. 
Well, what I'm what I would say is for you as a pastor, like that, because it is different. Like that, that's why I ask as a general Christian, that's where like I think the rubber meets the road a little bit more. For me as a pastor, it's a no-brainer. Like it's just not an option. Like be, because it can cause someone to stumble. You're not living above reproach. You're not going to be sober-minded. Like there's there's so many things right there where it's like it's a dumb idea for you to do it. Wait, 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 wait hold on, hold on one sec. Above okay. So how is that different? We're all supposed to live above a reproach though. If wait, but also so say so if I'm at my house, okay, so so say it's 10 p.m. and I'm sitting in my backyard and my wife opens a bottle of wine and I roll up a blunt, you're telling me that I am no longer above reproach. Wait, the wine or the did you you said a bottle of wine and a blunt? Like, yeah, well, if my wife is like, hey, I want a glass of wine, cool. And then I'm like, I want a blunt. Yeah, man, I think that, that would not be above reproach. I think that given given the cultural context and, well, let me add this. I, I don't think like – What's the difference totally if he has – what what's the difference if he has four glasses of wine and gets sloshed? Right, that's my point. He shouldn't do that either. So if it's le- – but what I'm saying is like if it's legal, okay – and on par with alcohol or, dare I say, tobacco, then if I decide to sit there and smoke a cigar or – Yeah, but it's not. Like I guess that's my point is I don't think – number one, I don't think smoking a blunt it has the same effect on you as drinking two beers. Like that's way different. Like you're way less sober-minded – smoking weed than you do drinking two beers. That could so, be true. So to me, it could not be true. I'm not entirely sure. Let's just assume for the sake of argument. That's for the sake of my argument. I and I'm pretty sure it is. And and let's say let's say even even not. Uh even not like you can't you don't know how do I put it? Like you can control pretty easily how much alcohol you drink. Either you drank two beers or you drank 10. Like you, you okay. chose that, you did that, you did that to yourself. Like weed, if you're like, well, two puffs and I'll be fine. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, well, okay, I'm, I'm gonna push back on you because you push back on me and I love to argue with you. That's one of my favorite things in the world to do. That's what we do. So, yeah, it is, it is what we <laughs> To all of our valuable listeners, literally, we do. Literally, when we're together, that's all we do is argue. So it's a beautiful. You're thing. getting a piece, you know, a, a view into our lives. Yeah. All right, but let me ask you this. Okay, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yet at the same time, uh, here's one example. So, in, when I was at Concordia Irvine, degree in theology, there every year at October. Oktoberfest professors would host an Oktoberfest thing where he'd like import German brats and they make German potatoes out all that kind of crap. Right. And there would always be a keg of beer and a bottle of Jägermeister there. Jägermeister. So if it's there and there are Christians, pastors and drinking from a keg of beer, and you're right. The choice is theirs. One beer, 10 beers, whatever, or drinking Jägermeister. I think that that is, from what you're saying at least, that scenario is 
which in the same way as taking one hit or two hits off a of blunt. And if that's the case, and if that's the case, then we have a serious issue because there are within Christendom, at least in America, we have probably, I don't want to say a straight divide, but like we joke about it often where you've got more pietistic Christian denominations like holiness bodies, Pentecostal bodies, church of God bodies, Baptist bodies that say literally, even if you have alcohol in your home, you are not above reproach. Whereas you have Lutherans or Catholics or other reformed bodies who would say, hey, alcohol's not inherently evil or inherently bad. I can have a couple beers and still be above reproach. Yeah. And I guess, I so to me, I think it just comes – because, like, and maybe we should make this clear for, for the good listener. Like, the so, so, so here's the whole deal, right? As Christians, when it comes to drugs, is the, the easy answer is this. Romans 13, uh, government – makes rules and we follow the rules unless they go against what God would have us do. So then now we find ourselves in this predicament in which the government has said, Hey, this rule that once was in place is no longer in place. And so now we as Christians have to navigate the ethics of that. And so then the next thing that we see from scripture for us, uh, once again, this is just for our good friends and listeners, um, is, is that Christians were meant to be sober minded that, you know, that, that St. Paul says, do, do not get drunk on too much wine. Like, like we're meant to have, clear heads about us that we're not meant to be drunk, that we're not meant to be out of our own wits and out of, out of our own, our own heads, um, the, the way we were made. And so that's where this all boils down to for me is to say, is, is that really the case? Can, could you really, can you really smoke, you know, two, 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 two pufferoos of the wacky tobacco and, and still, you know, like still not be uh, unsober, still not be high, like, but, but be at a normal place of thinking. Okay. Well, let me transition us then, I suppose, into Tom's question he asked earlier. Hold on though. Gabe, you, you keep arguing though, from, from a perspective of what gets, what, what gets you into an altered state of mind. And that's different for everybody. We know that about alcohol. We know that about caffeine. We know that about tobacco. And so, your your argument yeah, but that it's... your 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 argument though is like if you if you smoke if if you smoke weed you're out of your mind. Well, if my wife has one beer, she's pretty loopy. I mean, well then she shouldn't drink <laughs> well, one beer. Forget, I guess would forget, be my point. No, okay. So forget the beer. So say okay. So say that you have a medical pro. Okay, I don't want to go there. I had a procedure done on me. <laughs> that- yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Let's just say it it disabled me from medically from having any more children. Listeners, you may have noticed you know Josh's voice has gotten higher. <laughs> yes, it certainly did. Okay, and coming off of that surgery, I was given a certain prescription that for one week, I had to take two to three of these pills per day. And those pills were strong enough to have similar effects, I would say, I don't know from personal experience, but what I would say to being high, okay? They were, you know, I I think actually, I can't remember if it was Percocet or, I'm pretty sure it was Percocet, all right? So then are you telling me that in that week after taking a legally prescribed medication to help me recover from a particular surgery that I received, that I was intentionally transgressing 
the word of God and no longer being in a sober mind for that one week as a Christian and as a pastor. And is that sin? No, like that's stupid. No. So that's what I'm saying. But but here's the thing. So it was a legally prescribed medicine coming off of a surgery. So this is why I said this is a perfect segue to what Tom was asking earlier. So say I have a chronic condition, and I didn't mean that as a pun, but it kind of came off like that, all right? But an actual chronic medical condition where my options are from a from a legally medicated standpoint, either to be given a ton of opioids or medicinal marijuana. Both are going to incapacitate me to some degree. Both are going to um, keep me from being 100% sober-minded to some degree. So then where is the Christian left? Do they just suffer in pain for the rest of their life, or do they take one of these legally prescribed drugs, legally prescribed medications, which alters their sober-mindedness, if I can say it like that? Yeah, dude. I mean, again, the, but that's that's not been the question. So, yeah, medically, if no, but what it I'm eases, saying is the question. But you're, eases, you're, if it eases human suffering and is is helping you out, then it's I don't know. It's fine. It's legal. It's fine. Oh well, then where do you go? I mean, eases human suffering. I know people who come home, roll a joint because they had a bad day at work. They're stressed um, out about life. They're depressed, so they smoke weed. So not only that, Tom, but Psalm 104, verse 15. Oh Lord. David, King David writes, Wine oh gladdens the human heart, oil to make their faces shine, and bread to sustain their hearts. Good. So there's David, King David, a man after God's own heart. Thank you. Devotionals yeah, great from the exa- 1990s. Great example for living. Thank life. you, devotionals from the 1990s. Um, to say that here's King David making a song about how wine gladdens the human heart. Well, if we're going with, with everything that King David did, then I suppose then uh, oh, Tom, going after Tom, someone else's wife is just fine. Tom, he was contrite about that particular sin, oh, not okay. about wine that made his heart glad. Got it. Okay. I, I here Here's where I land on this. I feel like you hit a wall eventually. If we want to order, like that is such an overly pietistic argument that I feel like you're going to run yourself into a dead end. You're probably right. So let me let me put it this way then, because you're probably right, uh, which is rare, by the way. Good listener, I never come around to Josh's side of things. Oh, ever, ever. ever. We've actually almost got into fisticuffs about yeah. things before he yeah. would admit defeat. But you're probably right. So this this is what I would say. Say someone comes up to me and says, and I'm in a, a state where it's legal, and says, hey there, Pastor Gabe, was going to go smoke some chronic today. Oh my God. Why are you talking with like a prohibition era New Jersey accent? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, That's just what felt natural. As And as a Christian, is that an okay thing to do? And, and I would say to Mr. Andy Caps, thanks for the hot fries. And um, it's probably not immoral, but it's definitely not wise. And I think we want to live wise lives. And I don't think that's going to lead you to a wise life. So if that same person came up to you and said, hey, Pastor Gabe, I'm going to sit down and have a drink. Would you like a little nip of whiskey? <laughs> a little nipperoo. A little nipperoo whiskey. What is, is your answer the same or is it different? Because 
I would like to think, and I'm pretty sure I believe that, say, a two-ounce, four-ounce pour of whiskey will probably have similar effects to your mental state as one hit off of a marijuana cigarette. Dude, you know what we should have done? This is the major flaw in this whole episode. We should have smoked a bunch of weed so we could know. Dang it. Well, Tom's got a four-foot bong sitting next to him. (laughs) (laughs) Or or we should have brought in someone who smokes. Um, Or an Indian water pipe, as they like to call it. Is that what? That's what I don't know. Just let's not go here. Okay. Okay. Well, I, okay. Can I say this though? So we, we can get into the nitty gritty and rabbit hole of Christian piety all night long, but here's a, a real life uh, situation. I'm not going to use names or the relation to me or lack thereof. However, one thing that I have run into that is similar, I think to the point you're trying to make Gabe is that with the legalization of marijuana, both medically and recreationally, in certain states. I have found that in a similar way to say like party culture when it comes to alcohol has really risen and been going strong for decades. I think a similar thing is happening with with weed. You know, there there comes a point where I would say, okay, if you as a Christian in your Christian liberty want to smoke weed, I'm going to be okay with that even though I know you're not. But once that process, that experience, the weed itself, the culture surrounding weed, whatever you want to call it, becomes almost a form of worship in the sense that it's celebrated, it's glorified, uh, you know, it's bragged about, all those kind of things, then that's where I see a more significant problem than the smoking of the weed itself. I, we, yeah. But we do this with everything. I mean, everything, everything, everything. Have you ever heard, have you ever talked to somebody who's ever climbed a mountain? Like that is all they can talk about. They somehow work the fact that they climbed a 14er into every conversation. It becomes this like holy grail of like their life. And I'm sure it was life changing and I'm sure it was awesome, but like they cannot talk about anything else. And it becomes this, this thing. You have people who live in Wisconsin who cannot move on, like talk about anything but the Packers. The Packers. Unbelievable. But, but even just talk about a generic sports culture. I wear sports t-shirts with sport logos on it and sporting teams on it. And I talk about sports and I wake up every morning and I watch sports and things like that. Like, yes, it probably is a somewhat of a God, smaller G in my life. But does that alter your state of mind, Tom? I, yeah, I, I, we, we know it does. You see the crazy parents in the stands yelling God awful things at referees and coaches and doing things that they would never do anywhere else to get their kid on the team and things like that. So yeah, it does. It, it does alter the way people behave. So yeah. And I think you're right. Well, I think what we're tapping into here is uh, you know, what our, what our good friend uh, St. Augustine would say uh, is, is as human beings, we have this tendency to disorder our loves, right? That, that there's, there's a, there's a hierarchy of what we're supposed to love. Like if you love your job more than your family, like that's not good. Right. And so, so of course, uh, Augustine would say, and we'd say as Christians, um, you know, like your highest love should be God. And then from there flows all your other loves. 
And so I think what, what we're stumbling into here, so whether it's weed or whether it's sports or whether it's whatever, is that when that love is disordered, um, that's, you're not living right. I mean, you, and you're missing out really on, on uh, hopefully what the way you were intended to live. Sure. But we as sinful human beings, we, we disorder all the time. I mean, is it even possible for us to order in the right way? And I would say no. So to me, that would be the thing though. Right. And I guess that's my point with the whole thing of it not being wise. And, and I guess maybe that's it is with it not being wise is I would just say then like, why give yourself another love to have like to disorder? Like, like, like why put yourself? So again, maybe it's not directly immoral, but like why put yourself in a situation to have yet another disordered love? Yeah, but Gabe, we do it all the time. You're, I, I feel like you're arguing, you're still arguing from this perspective of us as a 10 years old being told that, that, marijuana is the worst thing in the world because we do this all the time you and i went to a liquor store and we're looking at the you know which rum are we going to get because we love rum you know yeah. and and so you know we could have gone to the cigar store and picked out cigars and we could have what you know argue, we argued for an hour over the packers we've done that you know like we willingly yeah. get ourselves into these things but you're still placing marijuana above all of that Okay. That's maybe a fair point. Yeah. And I probably am. Maybe that's it. Maybe you guys are right again. This is a weird night. For I don't know. <laughs> it, it is a weird night because I, I honestly think, and, and this is what I, but see, this is, I think the honesty of this discussion is this is what I struggle with still to this day, even though I would say as a Christian, if I was in a state where recreational marijuana was legal, I would smoke is what I hear in you is the same thing that internally I wrestle with all the time, Gabe. And that is I have been conditioned both from a religious and sociological perspective to see what is bad. Yeah. Oh, by the way, friends, Josh had more of a thought to say, but he had to cough. More is happening. There he goes. Yeah, we can oh, hear man, the cough. Because he, was, he lit up a blunt. I took, coughing it. I took one hit too many. That's, oh boy. Oh boy. A hit is a puff on a marijuana cigarette game. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Or so, an inhalation from a water pipe. <laughs> so let, let, let's just change the scenario. Instead okay. of you live in a state that's recreational, you live in a state it's where not. it's... Michigan is not. Right. We know that. Where, where it is... You can use marijuana medicinally. I myself have a terrible lower back. It's steadily gotten worse since I was 25. You're old. I'm super old. I, I go to the doctor. They say, yeah, you've got a healthy back. You have a back that looks like a healthy 36-year-old. You should be fine, but I'm Which not. Which is weird because you're 56. Not, so. <laughs> That's you're not 36. So how does that work? But I'm scared to death of what my back is going to be like in 10 years, what it's going to be like in 20 years. And so if, if marijuana is, to Josh's point, I could either hop myself up on a whole bunch of pills or... I can smoke a joint every once in a while. Like I'm going to be fine. And so now it's all okay because medicinally it's okay. And yep. ironically, what is, what is the current epidemic? Opioids. Opioids. Yep. That's you true. Know what I mean? And so that's what's so, that's what's so fascinating in this conversation is 
although in the news coverage weed has taken you know the the first place the fact is less people are addicted to smoking weed than they are to you know prescription painkillers yeah yeah well and so it, is it better it is part so of it, is it better for me as a, yeah so to tom's point is it better for me as a christian to accept a prescription for Percocet or Vicodin or to accept a prescription for cannabis oil or medicinal marijuana. Or is it, or is neither, or is neither one bad? Just suffer, man. No, because, because yes, take up your cross, Tom. Yeah. Take up your cross. We're the distinction here is that I think, I feel like the conversation is going, well, if it's, if it's medicinal, it's okay. Okay. So if a doctor says it's okay, then we're all good. And then it, that takes out all the moral quandaries that we have as Christians. As long as the doctor says it's okay, then yeah, we're good. I, well, I guess so. I, and, and I, no. I don't Dude, know doctors why. Used, doctors used to prescribe cocaine. Right. But and, yeah, they also I, used to prescribe leeches like Tom so eloquently put earlier. Right. I mean, I could ask my doctor, hey, you're saying. is yeah. sex out of marriage bad? And you're like, meh, not really. Physically, you can do Dr. it. That's Phil, fine. Dr. Phil would tell you that's fine. Yeah, but then I mean, that's just, no, but then that's yeah, but the that's clearly going against God's word. I mean, it's just clearly going against it. Like, that one's a no-brainer. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. This is one where it's grayer. It's just grayer. So how do we, so how do we respond then? In, in the gray area... If God does not speak clearly to this, then dare I be Lutheran and say it falls under the category of either Christian bondage or Christian liberty. Was that a plug for higher things, Josh? Yeah. Dare to be oh my gosh. If, if only anyone who was listening to the podcast knew what higher things was, then they would understand why I'm laughing at that. Dude, incidentally, making that joke, maybe we'll get a blog article. Hey, there we go. Or better yet, maybe we'll be invited to be the keynote speakers at higher things. <laughs> oh, I hope that doesn't happen. My um, vote, my vote is if we're the keynote speaker at higher things, we make it one giant paradoxical joke and be super stoned the whole time. <laughs> Deal. I think they do one in Colorado. So you will there be. You go. That's, you Perfect. promised. You said as soon, I, I, as soon as you can smoke a blunt, you will. As soon as okay, you can. I, okay. That's all you think about. You are literally putting something into my mouth right now. Words. We have now spent two minutes on marijuana cigarette. Only you care about. Okay, fine, Tom. Fine. Fine, Tom. Bring it back. Bring it back. It's back. Well, listen. This argument always comes. This argument always comes back to. I mean, and this is why it's in the news and it's why it why we're having this discussion, because we wouldn't be having this discussion if it wasn't in some way, shape or form an addictive substance. We just wouldn't. Well, it's also not a healthy substance. Like I get that. Yes. Neither is French fries. Well, right. And and there's some that would say those should be illegal. Which right. is why Gabe is constantly going on the whole 30. Exactly. Because he's a good Christian. I, thank you. Taking care of the temple, baby. Yeah, Taking that's right. Yes. Well, actually, that, joking aside, that's actually not a bad point to this entire argument. And I thank you. It's not. And that's, but, again, why I'd say it's not wise. 
Okay, it was unintentional. You just made a good point unintentionally, and now you're taking full credit for it as if you've been planning it the whole time. Josh, do you know how smart I am? Shame on you. Not Shame very. Shame on you. Do you know how smart Shame I am? I've been very. running this whole conversation. By the end of it, you guys will be 100% in agreement with the way I see the world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, at any rate, so back to my brilliant point. Um, there is something to be said for that, right? Like, your body's a gift. We're meant to take care of it. To not right, use it. But you're drawing, but you're drawing the line at marijuana. Well, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would say you shouldn't eat fast food every day. You shouldn't like gluttony is a sin. Like you, you, you shouldn't. shouldn't eat fast food any day. Well, like, fine. okay. Well, you know, Tom, come again, on. Again, that's like to me, that's come a wisdom on. thing. Like that's where it's like, it is not a wise move to eat fast food. So I right. guess you can do it, you know. I'm not going to condemn you for doing it. Uh, but, yeah, but are you? Are you but are you going to say I'm living a life below repro reproach because oh. I ate because I had a, a Big Mac and fries? No, I am not going to say that. Well, okay. What about Gabe? And you and I can speak to this probably most poignantly. As usual. how much of a yeah, <laughs> your words, not mine. Apologies to Tom. He's now sad and going to cry. Probably. And his eyes aren't watering from all the blunt smoke. <laughs> but seriously, so let's take a look at pastoral ministry. And let's take a look at most pastors we know. Yep. I would say at least 60 to 70% have incredibly unhealthy lifestyles. Yep. And yet we would say that we are fulfilling our pastoral duties, obligations, roles. Yep. And so, but yet at the same time, if I were to say to my congregation, hey, working 60 hours a week, um, not working out, you know, grabbing McDonald's on my way to yet another meeting is not biblical, not healthy, not taking care of my temple, that wouldn't fly. I bet it would. Well, I mean, and I don't know. I don't know your congregation, but it I, it would at mine, and it should at anyone else's. I, I mean, I think the, the idea that like, well, yeah, you should just work yourself till your body just decomposes like – that is profoundly unbiblical and unhealthy and not right and not wise. So, but, so I don't care whether you, it would fly at a given congregation. It should fly at a given congregation. It Okay, it should. I was going to say, because you know that, you, you know as well as anyone, that if the one day you're like, you know what, I'm going to get into a workout routine, and at 10 o'clock every Wednesday, I'm going to go hit the gym or go run or whatever, that the first Wednesday you got to do that, someone's going to be looking for you. Yeah. But like, oh. I need to go talk to pastor. And if you're not there, you are going to catch more hell for it than, than ever before because you weren't sitting in your office behind your computer reading a book or whatever when they needed you. Yeah, but dude, but that's not – I mean, first of all, you and I both don't work that way. Um, and, well, well. And, and we shouldn't. I'm and to me, that's actually running. a whole issue. Is it actually, I mean, we're going to go down a rabbit hit trail here because that's a whole issue of codependency. I mean, that's just a, a series of unhealthy boundaries, unhealthy relationships – and and that's like that's a whole bigger issue. That okay, that fine. Would we be a we deal. will not. Okay, enabling is bad. Codependency yeah. is bad. 
we we won't go down that rabbit hole. Let's get back to weed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I apologize to everyone for taking it. Thank you. Here's what I think we should do. Let's go to break. Let's reset. We're going to come back. We are going to figure out once and for all, is weed good? Is it bad? Should we smoke it? Definitive answer coming up. Welcome back, our friendly listeners. Uh, I don't want to make you feel bad, but you dismissed an insanely deep conversation that we had on break. I'd like to share it with you, but it might be a little bit too personal. So instead, I want to throw Tom under the bus, and he made a humongous promise before we went to break that we would actually find a place to land on this conversation regarding weed. In Gabe's vocabulary, chronic. So Tom... Where exactly do we land on this as Christians um, in the conversation of medicinal, recreational, um, I don't know, alternative uses of weed? Like, just give us an answer that we can go home to. Puff, puff, pass. Gabe? Uh, I guess I'll have to say puff, puff, pass. Josh? I'm not getting stuck with this. Let me puff, puff. I'm going to pass it back to you, Tom. Ah, last call. All right, friends, for our last call, uh, thank you again for joining us. Please be sure to uh, to check us out in, in all the usual spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and please send us a text, man. We would love to hear from you. We love answering questions. It's, uh, I don't know, it's becoming my favorite part of the show, TBH. Uh, so 612-208-6200. Five, eight. Again, shoot us a text, ask us a question, 612-208-6258. Uh, and as always, we're going to give a shout out to our good friend, Mrs. Janet O'Neill. Thanks for being a loyal listener. Oh, you. and we want to do one more. Uh, our good friend, Dej, Josh and I's buddy from oh, seminary, sent us, sent us some kind words. And so, uh, Dave, thanks for, for the love, brother. We appreciate it. I miss you, Dej. I would hug you right now if I could. Mm, it would feel so good. Are you All right, friends. Running? That will do it for us. We are out. Bye, Janet. Mom. Mom.